mid tiers. We're back on an off week. Yeah, and I'm gonna say it's an off week for me because I'm not feeling too hot right now. So Nancy, if I sound Nancy's had a rough week. I've had a rough week. <laughs> not not like roughnecks rough week, like you know anyone that faces them, but we, we haven't gotten there quite yet. We're about to. Um, we're about to. But I'm feeling rough. I sound kind of sick for someone who has a let's talk. Even though you're not sick. Even though I'm not sick. But I don't have allergies. You're just tired. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Stick a fork in me. I'm over it. I'm over everything. Built a bridge and just walked on over. No, I built the bridge. It collapsed. As I, as it was collapsing, I lit it on fire because I, I burnt that bridge when I crossed it. As you were crossing it, you burnt it. <laughs> so kind of like the trash fire that is the New York Guardians right now. Oof. Yeah, Oof. we're gonna start off this week like we did last week. We're gonna talk a little bit more about the XFL because damn it, I'm getting some sports in here somehow. In fact, <laughs> we have two sportsy things, and I'm not gonna start on the other one yet because it really makes we'll get there. It really grinds his gears. Copyrighted. No. <laughs> oh just, wait. It, damn you, Seth McFarlane. It, it gargles my gurgles. I don't know. <laughs> we'll get there. Let's start with the XFL. So another exciting week as of this recording two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, just letting it all out there. We're, we're way behind. It's we're talking okay. about week two as week three is finishing. Well, we, we teased week two last week, so it's called continuity. We have to have a little bit of it, but, like, you know, it's fine. So <laughs> we had the D.C. Defenders against the New York Guardians. Oof. D.C., don't worry. Looks like you've got a team you can get behind that isn't racist. The only one, though. The only team that isn't racist in the NFL that is racist. Yeah, and that's saying something. <laughs> but against the Guardians, I'm glad they're not guarding guarding like our galaxy. The teams in New York that start with G or Gad. The it's Giants, the curse of the G. The Guardians, the Jets start with a just sound. Bad. Like Jif. <laughs> Even that's bad because it's wrong. It's but not we're not wrong. getting into this conversation yet again. No, I'm telling you, I'm not wrong in this. Okay, thing of tears. I didn't want to hash this out on the not internet today. Doing this again. I no, didn't want to no. hash this we're out. We're gonna on talk the about internet. the dragons finally beating the Vipers who are 0-2. <laughs> we're not doing this again. <laughs> We've done this enough. <laughs> I'm just saying peanut butter, man. That's all I'll say on the topic. Total choice of what kind of nuts he likes has no difference on grammatical correctness. <laughs> all I'm saying is you always follow Senpai. If Senpai jumped off a bridge, would you? No, I'd have to do a backflip first. <laughs> so you wouldn't just jump, so then you're not following Senpai. Hmm. But I still ultimately got there. It's like religion. You find your own way and then you end at the same place. Yeah, dead in the ground six feet under with worms. Exactly. <laughs> Come from nothing, end up with nothing. What do you got to lose? Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> kind of like Tampa Bay, who can't win nothing. Okay, but at least they scored something, unlike the Guardians, who scored nothing. Yeah, but they lost to a team called the Dragons. I and mean, they beat them in our logo rating. Okay, but like if you were going to put like a... They did, but if you're going to put a snake against a dragon... We know who's going to win. It's going to be the dragon. Because <laughs> apparently they step on Snake. I guess so. So those were Saturday's games. 
Yes. Sunday, you had the teams from Texas playing at home. Because in Texas, football is always on a Sunday. <laughs> so we had our Sunday XFL football. The Dallas Felons, I mean Renegades. Same difference? I guess the LA Wildcats, and that's right, another team from Texas went into LA and stole a win. <laughs> it's just because they're, you know what? No. We haven't gotten there yet. No. No, we haven't gotten to baseball talk yet. We'll get there eventually. But we're not a sports podcast. No, not at all. We're not a sports podcast. No, we are talking about the XFL and our Houston Roughnecks. Yes, our Roughneck boys. Who go to 2-0 and after they beat the St. Louis Battlehawks. Nancy, what in the fuck is a Battlehawk? A Battlehawk is basically the Walmart version of a Thunderbird. Battlehawks go. <laughs> That's why they lost. Oh, God. Like, Battlehawk is something that, like, I definitely came up with on my elementary school playground. We're the Battlehawks. That's our team name. Let's go! Definitely sounds like like middle school team naming conventions. Well, I mean, like, if you think about it, though, like, St. Louis, tech company, so this is the nerdy football team. They've got all the high tech, and they've got their Battlehawks with lasers and all that stuff. I don't know. I guess... I mean... There could have been a better name than Battlehawks. None of these names are good, though. <laughs> like, if okay, okay so, so oh, no, here's next. the thing. Okay, like okay, so we have to have this discussion now because we talked logos last week. So now we got to talk about the names. How dumb are these names? Easily, <laughs> Roughnecks is like the best name. Okay, so we're gonna we're we're gonna go best to worst. We're gonna do opposite of last week. Yeah. So number so, one, Roughnecks. Right. Easy. Because Easy number one because it just makes sense with the with well and that makes sense to us being so here hey guys here's the thing thing of tears if any of you live in Dallas DC Seattle New York Tampa Bay LA Dallas or St Louis let me know what you think of your hometown XFL name and what it means to your city because maybe there's something we're missing here because we're in Houston we understand what Roughnecks means maybe Battlehawks actually means something to St Louis or the Vipers mean something to this city. Or the color scheme, or something means something to them. Like, <laughs> I guess. So chime in with your thoughts if you live in these cities, our whole two listeners. Yes, all two of you, we have homework for you now. Homework of the day. But if I'm strictly rating these by here. Just by name. Number That's... 10 is Battlehawks, number 1 is Roughnecks. Okay, so we have... <laughs> I'm gonna go with those two, or you're in between. So we gotta fill the rest in between those two, in the in between those two high and low watermarks here. Would and you agree? I I will, and I will honestly give our number two slot to the Wildcats because Wildcats get your head in the game. <laughs> honestly, Guardians for New York could be number two. No, I could put it number three. No, because like. It doesn't. It doesn't do anything. It's just like it's. It's a good name, but not because it works well with the city. Because they couldn't guard against anything. I mean, it's true. They didn't, they didn't score anything, and they let them, they let DC's defenders score more. Exactly. Speaking of DC defenders, <laughs> that's a good thing. Maybe you know, I defenders. I'll, I'll give, give the three. Number, I'll give you number two Wildcats. I'd put defenders number three. I'd probably put Renegades number four. Yeah. And then probably and then, Guardians? Guardians, Dragons, Vipers. And then Battlehawks. Actually, Guardians, Vipers, 
dragons. Yeah, because dragons is a little out there. It's a little too obvious for a name. But that would have to be something like, a, that would have to be somewhere other than Seattle. I don't think dragons fit Seattle. No, because Seattle doesn't, well, like I Like if there was a Washington, team in San Francisco, I could see San Francisco dragons. No, because mountains. Yeah. Mountains closer. But San Francisco has the valleys and stuff around it, too. Okay, so you apparently want, like, a warmer dragon, where I want an ice dragon. Because I want a dragon in the mountains. So. <laughs> I don't, I just don't see Seattle in, in dragons. I don't see Washington State immediately think dragons. I mean, why not, though? Because there's plenty of space. I just don't. Plenty of open air, good trees to hide. I'm sure there are plenty of caves in Washington. Like, uh, they just been the like, apples. They <laughs> just gotten it over with. Well, because like honestly, Washington apples aren't that great. Like you gotta go with the you gotta go with a good Fiji apple. No, I understand, like a good Fiji apple or a Honeycrisp. Those are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I don't like pure red apples. I can't do it. I don't like the way they like disintegrate in your mouth. Just like Ugh. I don't like the rind. Like the skin, it's too it's, tough for me. It's a little it, too tough, too and waxy. Too chewy. A little like, too waxy. It it feels so manufactured. If that makes sense. Because it's like you get through the wax. Yeah, because it truly is like a like manufactured apart, apple in a sense. It it's is. manufactured through its cultivation. Its cultivation is purely manufactured and like bastardized breeding. Yeah, it's it's bad because like you get through the wax and then you just go to like liquid sandpaper and it just like covers your mouth and like. Have you ever actually looked into the into, into the fruit tree? This is a weird topic to kind of go off into. Here, How did but we get have here? you ever actually looked into the fruit industry? Into how like the different things were made and what they came from. Like, oranges all came from, like, two different types. Just, like, our lemons. Yeah. And it's all been bred from, like, mandarins and citrons into the different styles that we have. Exactly. But also, like, that bananas as we know it are extinct. So, like, when you have, like, a runt or some type of candy that has, like, a a Laffy Taffy that has that banana flavor. That's an extinct version of the banana that's been gone for, like, 50, 60 years. Yeah, and now we're on on plantains. Like We're on a, like, weird version of plantains, yeah. Yeah. Fruit industry is so weird. Fruit is... Okay, so I may or may not know somebody. Well, and even then, the bananas we get are manufactured purely for consumption. Because in the wild, bananas don't look nor taste like what we have. Not at all. But I did make some really good banana bread the other day. Anyway, you said you know okay. somebody. I do. I know somebody. Fun fact. This isn't the only person I know. I have other friends. Very few and far between, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Unfortunately. Maybe not. But anyways. So I know somebody that eats kiwi fruit with the skin on. Just this weird. It's disgusting. Like, I've done it in a rush. And not because I wanted to, but because I had to. But I can't get over the texture. No, I understand it's, it's so edible. Furry. Like I understand it's some so things are edible. That does not mean that I want to eat them. Yeah, and he swears by it. He's like, this is where all the vitamins are at. This is where all the minerals are at. And I'm just like, you don't eat that. Though. To be fair, I can't eat kiwi unless it's ice cold. Mm-mm. If it's I not can... ice cold, I can't eat it. See, I love kiwi. I love kiwi anyway to someday. I still peel the fucking skin off. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I peel it. Even if I get it like sliced at like off a salad bar. And it has a skin around it. Peel that skin off. Yeah, no, I'm like no, thank you. I will, I will go in with a fork. I've, I've mastered it because I just, I can't have all that. Like it's like having a cube in your mouth. Like you just, uh, you don't eat the orange skin. 
you know what? More so than kiwi. I'll get. I'll. I'll go as far as that white shit that covers the right, orange. Right, but you don't eat the skin. I don't have to. You'll eat the rind, but you don't eat the actual skin. Right. Right, where you get the zest off. Like you use zest, but you don't eat. Yeah, but if I'm peeling that. an orange, I like after a while, like of peeling an orange, if like I'm really working at it, like I'll leave some of that white skin. Well, that's shit fine. On that's, it. that's okay. Like, I get that. I'll eat that because it's there. Yeah, it's fine. It doesn't really. But I'm not gonna eat the different. whole goddamn peel. Right. Like, and that's my that's my thought on the kiwi. See, and even for just me, because it's possible doesn't mean you should do it. That can be said for a lot of things. Well, like I mean, let's be honest. Yes. So, but <laughs> truth. How did we go from the XFL to fruit? Because <laughs> we were going to hit the Washington apples. Oh, there we go. We did it. <laughs> so That's our XFL talk. Tune in for week three where we can talk about the spoiler alert undefeated Houston Roughnecks. Roughnecks, Roughnecks, They may or may not be 3-0. And the Vipers may, not be, may or may not be 0-3. Oops. Tune in next week. <laughs> for the rest of the XFL updates. Now, let me actually talk about something that makes me mad. What makes you mad? So, I got to thinking the other day when I was looking through to renew my MLB subscription for the upcoming baseball season. As I get ready to see my sign-stealing team do their job, you know, <laughs> get out there and steal more signs. Oh, what what kind of what signs are they stealing? We'll, we'll talk about this closer to the baseball season. I've got some, oh. a lot of stuff to send to you because I want you to actually understand. Okay. There's a lot involved with the whole sign-stealing scandal. From rats to presumed child molestation to Twitter leaks of people's nieces saying this to managers losing jobs for three multiple teams to you know what I didn't realize to players and death threats to players that are getting out of hand now cancer wished upon players' children a lot has happened in the last couple of months but this has not been a very boring baseball offseason for a change okay. You know what? And I think I'm so used to baseball offseason being boring where I have, I'm like, oh, I can stop paying attention to baseball. But I apparently missed all the fucking tea and I'm disappointed. Oh, you in need myself. to follow Astro's Twitter and go do some research. Like, Astro's Twitter's where it's at for this, for this tea right now. <laughs> and all it's the still, it happening. There's more and more happening every day. Oh. Like, it's not stopping. It keeps spilling. And now we're waiting for the kettle to fall over and somebody else to speak out about other teams. Oh, shit. So, well, I mean, they already got my cubbies with this, too, because apparently, well, like... Oh, and speaking of your cubbies, Chris Bryant's going to be batting leadoff. Apparently. That's what we've been seeing. Okay. So, anyway, the spring training starting. I got to connect my MLB.tv prescription stuff and realized that I can't cut cable yet again because MLB is archaic and stupid. Well, I mean, given its audience, I get it. Well, no, no, no. Here's here's my reasoning, okay? So in baseball, there's this thing called a blackout restriction. Are you familiar with those? Vaguely, but why don't you tell me about them so that way we're all on the same page? Essentially, a blackout restriction is that in a home market, if a game is not a 100% sold-out game, teams reserve the rights to black it out on certain channels. Hey, hockey has a similar thing. Or, let's say, I want to watch the game on ES. I want to watch the game's on. I can't stand ESPN's commentators at times. I don't like listening to A-Rod talk about baseball. I just don't. He's boring. He annoys me. But I can't watch it on any other channel because ESPN has it blacked out because they have the rights to that game. Okay. So it goes beyond that, though. 
Like, so that maybe it makes sense for that. You know, it's kind of like the NFL, things like that. Certain channels well, have rights to certain games, I mean, right? Honestly, Monday Night Football. For me, NHL. And NHL has probably the same type of blackout structure as baseball because it's not football <laughs> at the end of the day. So, as a Chicago fan, and it's like for me, the same issues. Like, I love listening to the Chicago commentators because, like, that, that's home. I don't like l- listening to away commentators, but sometimes it's my only option living in Houston, but being a fan of a Chicago team. Right. Now, so here's the thing. So I thought I could get away from it by going on and paying for the MLB.TV subscription to stream games, live game feed to my phone, to my Chromecast, to my laptop, whatever. Mm-hmm. thought I could do it. <laughs> so That was your first mistake. I got the lucky part of a couple of last season of being able to test it out with a free game of the week thing with the Astros. So I went ahead and like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to put it on. So I was at work. went to tap it. Couldn't watch it because I'm in Houston. Yeah. So now, not only would it be if I decided to pay 170 bucks for that, I could pay $170 not to watch my own team without paying for a VPN, which is about $120 a year. And hey guys, just so you know, this podcast is sponsored by NordVP. Just fucking kidding. I wish but we could like, get a sponsor like that, but maybe one day down the line. <laughs> so my point is, blackout restrictions are ridiculous. Some fucking bullshit. Because in this day and age, it's 2020. Many people are cutting cable. A lot of people don't want to have a traditional cable package. The only thing that's keeping me tethered to it is my love of fucking sports, and I can get most of what I want without other things. Right. I. Well, and I mean, basically, with all these subscription services, we're getting cable anyway. To this too, maybe not for the MLB, but for the NHL, they follow like the same problems. And like, I would love to watch the Blackhawks all the time, and I just don't have the opportunity to do so. Because well, of these here's the thing: you like, could why? go, you could go onto the NHL app or whatever, and probably do this TV no. subscription service because you're in Houston. No, I'm not. It's the same problem, actually. Oh, because you have a Chicago phone number. Yeah. Because of my phone number. And it's malarkey. (laughs) Malarkey detected. And you don't want to change your phone number. No, because it's the last little bit of home I've gotten. Hey, I died. (laughs) No, I gave up on that. Maybe I should have kept my Arizona number when I moved out here. Or maybe I should just change it back to an Arizona number. Just to fuck with people. Or just you can so just get a VPN. Just so with, like, NordVPN. <laughs> I'm not going to let it go. Nord, sponsor us, please. I don't want NordVPN to sponsor me. They have a data leak. Oh, they did have a data leak. Oh, just kidding. Don't sponsor us, Nord. Don't, well, I mean, no. you could sponsor us, Nord. I'll still take the money, but I'm not going to lie about you having a data leak either. I'm going to be open and honest with my listeners. Oh, yeah. No, we have to be honest. Just like I'm about to be about this Batman, hockey Batman suit. Because, you know what, I can't talk about blackout restrictions anymore because I think it really, really heated in a minute. And we're also not a sports podcast, so we need to move on to some other shit like Batman. Hockey Batman. Batman. See how I made it sports related? Hockey Because he really looks like a hockey player. So yeah, there's yeah. some images that leaked on the webs. Okay, so uh, we finally got bats his... of a um, of a stuntman in the bat suit on a bat cycle that had pointed ears on the cycle. <sighs> we got to see the ears on the helmet, which don't look bad, but it still looks like a fucking hockey suit. With the gun that killed his parents in the middle of it. Oh my god, Edgelord Ghost Rider Batman with I just <sighs> And it looks like he might be able to take a hockey puck, but I don't think he could save Gotham. <laughs> He's you know what? They're actually getting Batman ready for the new Mighty Ducks movie on Disney Plus. I actually wonder if he's gonna sparkle. 
He probably will. Because it's got the metal and the logo. Is it going to have sparkly scenes? Oh, yeah. You're going to get the J.J. Abrams lens flare off of those guns. Just like, pew, pew. Is he going to carry around a couple hockey sticks like Casey Jones? No, I don't think he's there yet. This is the origin of the hockey. He doesn't pick that up until the second movie. I don't know, Hopefully, man. I can totally see movie. him running around, like, thwacking people with hockey sticks. Being like, I'm Batman. Thwack. It's <laughs> perfect. No. See, here's the thing. See, that's Casey called, Jones had it no, right. That's called All sticking. he did was put on a hockey mask and just thwack people with hockey sticks but, and baseball bats. Casey Jones was the best vigilante. No, but that's sticking, though. You can't do that. you got to shoulder check a motherfucker. Like, if you're going to play hockey, you got to do it right, because otherwise you're in the penalty box for at least two minutes, and, like, you can't fucking do that. Are you, who's going to put a penalty on Batman? The Joker. Because, of course, he's the referee. Yeah, well, then Batman's just going to fight him on the ice, and then you're going to have him, like, get disqualified for playing the NHL ever again, and then that ref's going to be kicked out, and then they're going to fight in the parking lot like real men. Yep, and you're still going to put the teeth in the Stanley Cup, because that's tradition. How did we become a sports cut podcast? We're talking about Batman. God damn it! <laughs> you brought it there. I did, but hockey. <laughs> See, if I watched hockey, we actually could be a sports podcast, because we could just talk about it all. Uh, yeah, I know. We'd, we'd have it. Because, well... Coming I, soon, a thing, the sports brand. Right. <laughs> thing SPN. There you go. That's going to be our sports segment. We're going to get sued. We're going to get sued. Okay, so back to Batman and his bat suit. So I will say, at least the ears are okay, but I fucking hate this suit. I hate it. It looks like hockey Batman. Like, I don't know, yeah. if, I don't know if our little tangent into hockey there and Casey Jones from Ninja Turtles told you anything. But that's exactly what that's it looks exactly like. exactly what it fucking it's is. It's really disappointing. So it's like, okay, I thought maybe with, like, the edgelord Batman gun bat symbol, like, we would get something that's tactical, but slimming. Oh, hell no. But no. We went into full bulky hockey gear with a freaking BDSM rubber mask. Yeah. A gimp mask is what they're called. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's like, it's just so bad. I... What are, wait, I mean, this, are those, like, darts on the gauntlet? That's about what it looks like, though. I just don't like it. No, it it makes like me uncomfortable. It makes thing I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's like, it doesn't look like it's easy to move in. It's got, like, also, the utility belt is high-waisted AF. Like Coming soon to a <laughs> rink near you. Right? One man's mission to single-handedly become the best power forward hockey's ever seen. I don't know if that's a position. Just go with it. <sighs> I'm personally offended, but I'm going to take it as a learning opportunity to teach you about hockey. Because <sighs> my heart... I tried. You tried your best. It's okay. Now I know how you feel when you talk sports to me with any other sport sport that is not hockey. Oh, I don't talk about sports. Sports are evil. Fuck sports. Oh, I know you. I, okay, sports I don't. Are we, so you don't to need understand. to put they sport. Are, they are spark useless as both a utensil. We don't need it. It's fine. <laughs> you wanted to restart the GIF argument. No. You mean GIF argument? GIF. GIF. If I can't talk about sports, we're not having the argument. Okay, well, we've already been there, done that, both things. Fuck sporks. And, and also, story. fuck this Batman suit. You know what? This Batman suit is almost as bad as the spork. This is I the would give this Batman, Batman suit one dead parent gun out of a spork. Okay, and on that note, I think we're on to our next part. Are we? I think so.
If we must, we must. Alright, Thingateers, have you ever wondered where you could be the first to find our uploads? Well, wonder no more. Check out our main Anchor page. It's anchor.fm forward slash a thing pod. While you're there, make sure to check out our links to Facebook and Twitter that are going to be pinned right up at the top of the page near the podcast description. So, Corey. So. We had a bit of an adventure earlier this week. You mean empty movie theater adventure? Hell yeah, because that shit was... Bruh. So, we had the best experience ever. We got to have our own A Thing Does a Mystery Science Theater 3000. That's right. You see, guys, we had our own private movie theater. We did, with our reclining seats, our beautifully crafted popcorn. Yeah, I learned a new hack for popcorning. Yes. We, so... But we'll get to all that in a moment. I just want to talk about the fact that we had, basically, we had a private theater. We had a private theater to see Sonic the Hedgehog. Or Sun the Hedge the movie. Sun the Hedge the movie. Oh, the hedge. Video game. (laughs) The blue devil. Sanic himself. Sanic. The fast boy. That's right. How could I not go support a movie that actually fan backlash on the internet and change the way Sonic looked to make it video game we all know and love and love to bash so and i'm going to stand on the hill now before we get into anything and say that i agree with what i said in the original statement i made last week okay so first you're going to stand on the green hill but continue no i'm just gonna say i stand with the statement that i made last week okay (laughs) for those who listened you'll understand what i mean for those who don't listen to the review you'll understand at the end (laughs) you'll get that (laughs) i'll repeat the point because my version of this movie basically be saying that okay but i think it's great that sonic has outgrossed detective pikachu within its first week i think it's funny that it's got a better rating on rotten tomatoes than Bearwares. oh you mean the, the... rise of skywacker <laughs> where Palpatine becomes a... is it do i need to give a spoiler warning to this movie or can i actually talk about the things i I mean, you can talk about the things, you know, because I still haven't seen it, so... Shit. <laughs> like... And that's the sad thing. <laughs> the fact that, you know, Palpatine's a Skywhacker, so there is no real Skywhackers, because all the actual Skywhackers are dead. <laughs> that's great. That sounds about as convoluted as you could make it, and this was too cool to fix it. Which I think the movie that they were going to make would have been better. <laughs> you know, the Skywhackers out there in the Wii Universe got to whack them. <laughs> so coming soon to an arcade near yeah, you, whack a bull Skywalker version. <laughs> and it every time you hit it, it just shoots out little bursts of lightning. It's younglings <laughs> that pop up. <sighs> okay, so we're talking about Sonic though. And a private movie experience. So we I haven't been to a movie in a long time. Same. It it had been a while, and I remember once upon a moon, I would just like, and kind of figure it out when I right? It's like, what do I want to watch? What's what's near? What's close? <laughs> but no, we can't yeah. fucking do that now. I'm actually really glad I went online and reserved tickets because we couldn't have bought them at the theater. We couldn't have. Like, that guy looked me, uh, gave me such a dirty look when we got there. Oh, yeah. Like, do you already have your tickets? Yeah, dude. He's like, like, all right, cool. Yeah, bro. <laughs> bro. So, but I'm not used to having to reserve seats for a movie. You it's know? kind of nice, though, isn't it? Okay. Pick where you want to sit. But for us to get to that point, 
most complicated issue. And that's the issue I have. A very, like, fly-by seat of my pants type yes, of lady. you're a very fly-by-night fly Yes, I take each day as it comes. So, <laughs> for me to, like, have to plan and reserve seats for my theater versus just, like, showing it up and just, like, figuring it out when I get there, not something I'm used to. Not something I liked, originally. Because then it's also, like, now I've got to, like, Venmo you money and do all this other stuff and it's like outside of like the previous agreement that we had and it's like it got versus like going up to the movie you pay I stand in line behind you I pay and we get our own shit it was a team effort this time so we could sit together but it was worth it it was 100% now worth in it. the end we go to probably respect but I loved the seats we had no but I mean we picked out did the perfect it, seats. But did it matter that we reserved seats? No, it didn't matter at all because we had the theater to our fucking, fucking selves. Which is great for people like us who bring things in with us that most people don't bring to the theaters. No. Like vaporizers. Oops. Yeah, we had that and we were ready to go. We had had our nice little pregame in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. We did this right. And we went and saw Son the Hedge, the movie. Yes, but that was the first joke I made. It was, but we also had to get our condiments, you know, condiments. Our, our concessions. We had to go to concessions. We had to get concessions put condiments on. We did. So I just had that first, but it's fine. Okay, okay stretch that, reverse it. Strike that, reverse it, if we're going to quote the great Gene Wilder. Don't you throw more things at you? No. Like, I've been on a roll throwing things at you. Today. Yeah, I don't know where you're getting this from, but it needs to <laughs> But anyways... I was like almost ready. I was ready to completely deflect it. I was going to yeah, use the force. The problem. <laughs> I know our luck. We hit the mic and y'all would hear the abuse that happens to us. And then I'll have evidence of it. <laughs> <laughs> Someone can send help. <laughs> okay, someone's going to hear that take the wrong thing. <laughs> They're going to take the wrong thing. Great. <laughs> don't like it. No. 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 The power of editing. <laughs> don't you dare. This is my this is my footage too, and I demand this is in. If it's not in, I'll know. <laughs> what are you going to do? Go on strike? Yeah. Who are you going to record your let's talk with? Hey, Mr. Chunky. I'll, I'll have a conversation with him. It'll be fun. I can get someone. Oh, see, now you just sound desperate. No, I can get someone. Oh, Ron. He'd have to leave his cave. No, he wouldn't. But anyways. Actually, he's been trying to leave, apparently. I keep getting texts. He wants to play Smash. <laughs> he wants to Smash? Yeah, I keep getting texts for Smash. But, okay, so you're getting texts for wanting to Smash after 10 p.m. Your booty call. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> he, he just wants to, he keeps, he wants to break in Byleth. He's yeah. trying to become a filthy Byleth main. Oh, gross. And so now I have to get the DLC pack so that I can become a Banjo main. You gotta be a banjo. I mean, it's like duck hunt reskin, right? Like that's like kind of, but no. I mean, he's a big old bear. It's a bear. Okay, so Sonic the movie. <laughs> Send the hedge the movie. He's an alien who has a. Okay, I'm sorry, but the fuck is the owl? But I, okay, okay, before any of that, I how it started. With, hey, you might wonder. Hey, how the hell did we get here? <laughs> Hi, I'm Sonic. Hi, You're probably Sonic. wondering how I ended up here. Hi, I'm Sonic the Hedge. I'm fast and blue. This dude's chasing me. 
here's my story. And here I am as a baby with a giant fucking owl for no yeah. goddamn reason. Going fast, and this owl has nothing to do with anything, but look, this looks like the video game. But this owl has nothing to do with anything. I think she was useless. She died. She threw the ring and said, this is our Threw the ring as a squad of knuckles said, we will show you a D-way. Oh, yes. We, we got our queen. Uh, so they, they, they slayed the, <laughs> the queen. So she was basically just the plot device. Rings! Because at the end of the day, rings! Yeah, she's the, she was just a plot device. And here's how the rings work. Now go to Earth. And he grew up on Earth and had a cave. Wait, hold on. Spoilers? Should, should we say spoilers for <laughs> Sun the Hedge the movie? Oh, yeah. Hey, spoiler alert. We the Hedge the movie. Talk about the Hedge the movie. We still got our spoiler alert in there. Like, even if it's a little sooner. It's or... us. How, when's the last time we actually spoiler alerted? And for those who listen to us, do you actually care? You've had two weeks. Yeah. Skirted in by the skin of Archie like, for this one. On time since the Avengers. Oops. In like a year. <laughs> We've gotten this right twice in a year. Hey, a clock is right twice in one day. Right. Apparently we're right twice a year because we haven't hit one year yet. Yep, we got there. So we're averaging this about once every six months. Yep. Even though it's really closer to once every 12. <laughs> so. We'll get better, I promise. We're getting there. One day. So. So, so we got our plot device. We got our plot device. We got our rings. And like, we got a cool little montage of like seeing how a lonely hedge spends his days running around and. Just like keeping himself entertained, you he has ping pong with himself. He's 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 got only child syndrome. He spies on donut lady, on donut lord and pretzel lady. Yeah. Why do you call me donut? donut? Crazy Carl. He calls him the blue devil. Crazy Carl. Crazy Carl MVP of the movie though. He has a picture. It's the Sandic meme. <laughs> What's the best way and to we'll tie say it that in? At this, point, a bunch of things that already kind of call outs to the game. Yeah. So the the flower he gives to to Sharp Claw. Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Sharp Claw? I think. Name that doesn't make sense or doesn't matter because I really don't care about the character as an owl who talks for all of five minutes in the movie. Anyway, the flowers from the first level of the first Sonic game, Green Hill Zone. Yeah. Wow. Who'd have thought that a level of a scene in the movie that looked like it had a Anyway. Okay. I will say I do like, so getting a little bit ahead, but I like that we've gotten our progression from Green Hill Zone to... The city zone. Like, so we got level one, level two. Got to explore some different parts of each. So I guess. You, so you had, like, stage one, stage two. Like, hey, I mean, Sonic Lonely Boy. So he plays baseball by himself and gets sad. Okay, so, like, but I will say, like, I appreciate it. He played all the characters. It reminded me of, like, an old, like, 90s. Yeah, so that, was a, that was, like, a Bugs Bunny moment. Like, like, he was able to just do all these, and he was able to play the pitcher, the catcher. The belly scratcher, shortstop, third base. He got it all. What? Who? No, where? <laughs> Yesterday. Not today. <laughs> Who? No, what? No, he's on second base. <laughs> we're not <laughs> We're not doing that today. We haven't rehearsed it. We need to practice. Uh, <sighs> why? No. Who? First base. But why? And what's Third on base. second? What's on second? What's on second, yeah. 
Why? I don't know, and I don't give a darn. Oh, that's our that's our center fielder. Ha ha ha! Oh, that's our shortstop. I actually love that bit, and it pisses so many people off. It's fantastic. Oh, like they should have had that this song. He should have done that during that baseball scene. He was fast enough to fit it in. Like that would have been perfect. No, just as he bases as he's saying it. Right. Great. But instead, he plays all the positions and gets himself out, and then he runs the bases and runs the bases and runs the bases and runs the bases and goes poof. He he exploded with a blue light that knocked out the power. Apparently, he ran so fast he came so hard it knocked out the power. <laughs> I wasn't. Go, I wasn't gonna say it, and I knew you were going to, so I didn't have to. <laughs> Like, I was like, sorry, I'm not gonna say he that. Just, he like got so pent up, <laughs> up, and he just go blue. He splooged. He splooged and knocked the power so out. So hard the power went out. <laughs> and he glowed like a fiber optic tree out of the 1990s. Okay, but I definitely had one. Or was two, or possibly three. same, but no, mine and it rotated, and I would just watch it for but hours. Did he or did he not look like that? No, that's exactly what he looked like. Like, especially at the end of the movie, too. Like, yeah. flash forward a little bit. Like, we'll, we'll actually talk about it in depth. At the end of the movie, he's like, I'm going to use my power. Rawr, I'm evil. I was really hoping he had to turn supersonic. But no, instead, he goes, like, fiber optic slash, like, I want to be UI looking Sonic, which is stupid. And then he just gets really mad and bounces. Uh-huh. Like Sonic does. As he does. So at least they kept him true to form. But <laughs> supersonic, that had been super. Well, no, we can't get all of it all at once, because how been, else are we going to well, get a... Well, no, but then Toya would have been like, don't give me my money. <laughs> because, you know, he's basically okay. saying Sonic. Well, yeah, it is. Yeah, I That's know. exactly what it is. I know. And I know it was a ripoff. I just don't know how they'd make that work with the way they made Rings work in this movie. Okay, but it's not like Rings haven't been used for transportation before in Sonic. So you, you can look at, like, the Sonic cartoon series, and, like, even in Sonic Mania, like, the rings yes, are used for transportation. I'm also, I wonder if the sequel's going to introduce Chaos Apples. Well, we would have to, because we didn't get anything close to that, and obviously Eggman is going to have to find a way to get back to Earth, and what better way than a Chaos Robotnik. Emerald. So You mean Robotnik. Yeah, I do mean Robotnik. Well, no, he's no, no, he's Eggman now. No, he's still Robotnik. Well, no, not at the not at the end. Like in terms of like talking like of what Sonic calls him, but what he is referred to throughout the movie is they touch on all his to names. Self as well, I mean, I know he's Doctor Robotnik, but speaking at of, the let's end... talk about Jim Carrey boyfriend. Oh because, my you know god! What? I'm not even going to talk about plot. Let's just talk about the, the movie. movie. Because we got Jim Carrey back, true to form. I loved. I'm sorry. The latte line was still great. Just okay. Just, no, just, but like, <laughs> there were so many great lines. His little like improv dance. Yeah. So we're like, he's just he's feeling himself, and like, I I get to see Jim Carrey completely animate, and like, cause he's been through some shit. And Hasn't it's we all we have. We're all different now. Everything's different. But, like this year came at your heart. But life. life, but like no, like he's he's back to like animating and like he like he nailed it. Like him as Doctor Robotnik, it was perfect. 
pretty good. He was he was looked too skinny for my taste. Okay, but could you imagine if they got Vivi the Vito to be the role though? Honestly, they still no. But it's this. Okay, so it's the it's the same argument with like the the Grinch or the Cat in the Hat. You know, like could Jim Carrey play both? And like that's an argument I've had with a couple of people. I think Jim. I think Jim Carrey would have been better as Cat in the Hat than Mike Myers. Definitely. But I can understand why not, since he was already a Dr. Seuss character. Right. So it was like, we were kind of stuck. But he would have been much, because Mike Myers' Cat in the Hat, that is a horrible movie. In fact, we should watch that movie and talk about it. We should, because it's raunchy AF. It like, is horrible. Like, how else are we going to hear Dirty Ho in a freaking Dr. Seuss movie? It is so horrible. Too. It is. But what I'm saying is, it's about the same thing. So, like, Danny DeVito is that raunchier movie. Definitely seen. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, and I've definitely seen him almost completely naked Danny DeVito. But wait, wait, real quickly. I don't think Mike Myers has done a live action movie since The Cat in the Hat. I don't blame him. I think he's only done the Shrek voices then. No, because that's it. I don't think he's done anything live action since then. In no, a movie. no, no. There's there was one other one. Hold on. Or was it the Love Guru? The Love Guru was that? the last one. Did yes. that come out after that? It did. Okay. So that movie was bad. Yeah, that that movie was bad. But it's about the same respect. But I will say, like, Jim Carrey, although, like, there's a chance, though, because, like, they had to show the evolution of him going from, like, Dr. Robotnik, like, So what original... you know more of what he looks like in the games exactly. at the end of the movie. Exactly. And Sonic calls him to Eggman him... because of all the egg-shaped drones. Because right. he's known for his drone technology, by the way. He is. He is, like, the internet troll... That like figured out what a haircut deodorant was. These like, the Joint Chiefs of Staff debate calling him in. They give him a, a meta. There's a meta joke of Olive Garden throughout the day. Yes. <laughs> which is funny because they treat you like family there. Because <laughs> when you're here, you're family. family. Like Olive Garden's like a meta joke throughout it. There's a lot of jokes that kids because this is ultimately it is a kids movie. Mm-hmm. But there are Sonic so flossed, many though. good jokes. It, like, but we need to talk about him flossing because, like, Fortnite I hated came it. Into the movie, but I hated the video it. Game movie, it had to make the meta reference. I know, but it just made me. Mad. I he like, said he has to go fast. He said he got to go fast. At least it didn't like pow- like and power it, floss. At least like, we got the Sonic meme drawn out. Yeah, it hit a lot. And, like, even though we didn't get a true Uganda Knuckles, like, we got a tribe of Echidna. Yes, we got the Echidna tribe. We got Tails. Yeah, so, spoilers, we got Tails at the end of the movie. So, like, it hit a lot of things. It... Okay, we got Tails at the end of the movie coming to look for Sanic. Just there's so much that... They throw they throw a bunch into it, like just the sound that like when the rings shit scatter on the ground, it makes the same sound from the, it did. or in the movie from the game. And they and they found a good way to incorporate that too. So um, we didn't even talk about the rom com part of this movie. There was the rom com hook between yep. the human characters. Yeah, So you basically had you had your reasons why we're moms were watching. To San Francisco, but I don't know if I want to. Oh, our heart's always in Green Hills, Montana. But my sister doesn't like us. Well, we're gonna tie her up. Well, it's <laughs> okay. <laughs> my, 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 
Jordan Gibson <laughs> new shoes while my veterinarian wife saves Those were life. some sick-ass Pumas, though. And like, Sanic's going to throw us off the roof. Because it, why I didn't not? see that coming. But I was expecting not to see that coming. So it doesn't count. <laughs> this movie had some solid quotes to it, too. What do you think I am, Nancy? An imbecile? Of course I want to watch it. I love the way you make them. I do that though. I'll say nice things in a very angry tone. Thank you for giving that to me. I appreciate you. You are my favorite. Thank you. Because <laughs> it's all about the mixed signals. Real life in a nutshell. Not on microphone. Not when the mics are hot. I don't know. We've put me on blast a lot this episode. I mean, kind of, but you did it to yourself. I do everything to myself. That's a problem. Kickity? Yeah. <laughs> I set you up for that one. Yeah, you did. Knocked it out of the park. Oh. So, Sanic was fun. Sanic learned the power of friendship because he made a bucket list and they got into a bar fight. Yeah, okay, so... And I it turns to talk out about... Okay, so, talk about this for a minute because it had a rom-com. The movie starts off as Alien on Earth mm-hmm. to rom-com to buddy car trip, to sci-fi thriller. and then you, All in the span of an hour and a half. Right. And it doesn't even... And then, like, we also need to talk about the jokes, because there was a kidnapping joke. There was a rape joke. There was a rape joke. Like, very... Like, Sonic did not consent. <laughs> he did not consent at all. No, we got a fucking right. bar fight in it. We got... So we got the Spongebob movie, too, because that's... Kind of how the Spongebob movie started. Yeah. Like, it was... You got you got the them in their car ride, and then they end up And instead of blowing bubbles, they're all having fun and riding bulls. Sonic rides a mechanical bull. Just like, FYI. Yeah, and then they get into a fight. And Sonic and sucks Sonic, at dart. He can't, he can't target. He can't target, but they get into the bar fight, and Sonic just goes really fast and ends it. Yeah, so we get his first... We get the first glimpse of his, like... Super fastness, where, like, everything else is in, like, slow motion. Because, you know, original Sonic trailer, where that monstrosity was going slow motion on the rockets, we got the first taste of it at the bar fight. I'm so glad they changed the animation. Oh, this my God. The I couldn't have sat through the whole movie. I could have. I couldn't you know have. why? Thanks to my friend. <laughs> but I just, like... Like, at least with this Sonic, it was like, he was cute enough. With the other one, it was just too, too close to the Uncanny Valley. I hated it. I would actually love to see what the movie... I would like to see a cut of the movie with that released as, like, on the Blu-ray, a special edition or something. Yeah, at least what they had. I want to see it I, so badly. Like, because like, I want to know how different it's going to make the movie experience for me. Because, like... like a taller, more humanoid-looking Sonic. With... Human teeth. So is that Sanic? That's Sanic. That is Sanic. So we have to see Sanic first Sonic. But kudos to the animation studio that's now out of business. <sighs> we we internet bullied them into bankruptcy. <laughs> Basically. Oops. <laughs> but so I know we're glancing over a lot. I mean, I don't want to try to get too spoilery anymore because we haven't really gone much other than what we said, so hashtag cancel spoiler alerts. 
I mean, we hit Hashtag some... mild spoiler alert, the ending of the movie. Yeah. They all live happily ever after and Sonic gets an attic. And then we get Tails. And we get Tails. But, I mean, spoiler to a lot of details that happen, but not spoilers to plot versions of how it happens. Yeah. We just wanted to talk about our experience because it was just... It was a fun time. <laughs> I do like how he punches him in the face. Twice. Twice. Once at the beginning now, and once James at the Mars- end. Now, James Mardsters, Masters, Mardsen. Mardson. Mardson. <laughs> His James character. Mardson. Was not necessary. Tom Wiskowski. I think. But everyone calls him Tom. Oh, yeah, he's Tom. So. I mean, and I think that he, his storyline, the human storyline, one part of the that I was too keen on, right? Because we were able to talk about the majority of the movie without his storyline. You know, I'm not going to lie. I feel like this movie would have... And this this is where I'm going to come into my, my thoughts. Okay. I think Sonic fans are so happy accepting shit as acceptance that mediocrity is amazing. It was a good movie. It was funny. It entertained me. Is it? it, it and it's probably yes, one of the best video games ever, movies ever made. But that bar is not but is very that high. Really so much that work comparing it to movies like Resident Evil or the Mario Brothers. Mario movie. Brothers, Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, Mortal Kombat, Blood Rain. <laughs> Fucking Mortal Kombat's a classic. Mortal Kombat <laughs> had that set for a while. But let's not forget Street Fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, and we got not... Tomb Raider, and even still, forget like, the, the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movie. Exactly. Like, it's just I mean, we've never. And there gotten... was a remade Tomb Raider movie not that long ago, wasn't there? There was, and I, I didn't never see it. bothered. I but never you're bothered. looking at it where you're looking at it, such a low standard. I have high hopes for Uncharted because Tom Holland. Right, because it's Tom Holland. He can carry a movie. He can be our new Harrison Ford. Like, but. The bar's not set very high. But it's a good movie. It's yeah. entertaining. It's a joke about breastfeeding orphans. <laughs> like, I love that line. Just, I, I was spitting out formulas while you were spitting out formula. Actually, I was breastfed. Great, why don't you rub that in my orphan face? <laughs> that was the best joke in the movie. Like, there were some really good one-liners. Yeah, the, we oh, had... No. He's in the bag. Is that a child? Oh, yeah, but he's fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he's fine. What have you kept in here? Like, Oh, nothing. He's fine. He yeah. didn't breathe his mesh. Yeah. And he hated it. Like, so we got all of those jokes. That's and why like, he pushed him off the roof. I don't blame him. He's like, fuck <laughs> you guys. I'll push you off the roof. You kidnapped me. Fuck you. I did not consent. But then, like, we got to see, like I said, we got to see, like, a true Jim Carrey. Like, he was animated again, and, like, he was... Like, very invested in this role, and, like, I believed him. Like, there's a reason why Jim Carrey's my favorite. And it's, I'm so glad to see him back. And he, he better be back for the sequel. Boy needs, he needs his own, like... <laughs> if there's a sequel. I mean, well, they've set it up to have one, But though. they're gonna have an animation studio. Or they can get the other one out of chapter 11. Will they, though? Maybe. If maybe we need to internet bully someone to buy, and we need to internet bully ourselves into buying the studio that we making change the animation. Exactly. 
We can do it. Folks, write your congressman. <laughs> We're going to get John Oliver and make change. But, Nancy, what did you really think of the movie, though? Because I know we jumped around. We didn't give much on it. We kind of jumped and just talked about things that we enjoyed, which is fine. Yeah. I don't want to do in-depth review on this because... We need well, to watch it a couple more I had to watch it more times for that, and we're just kind of giving our initial thoughts for see it. Yeah. What do you I think? mean, I had fun. I laughed my ass off a few times. And I think part of it is the way that we watched it. I didn't have to worry. We had the entire... And like... So, like, all in all, like, we just had a great experience, because who else would go see Sonic the Hedgehog on a Thursday night at 10 p.m. <laughs> Nobody. Us. <laughs> this is our lives. So, like, like all in all, like, the experience was fun, but, like, I still had fun with the movie. Like, the references were solid. The acting was good enough. Or, like, great. And, like, Ben Schwartz's Sonic was fantastic. Like, he makes such a good Sonic, and, like, he was funny. His one-liners were great. Jim Carrey was great. Jim Carrey's assistant was the MVP of the goddamn movie to me. He was he made so good lattes with Austrian milk. Because that's the only way you make a latte, and I love the way you make that. Like, <laughs> like it was good. He's calling you basic. <laughs> the doctor is calling you basic. Like, I, I just, I had a lot of fun. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. It's a fun movie. Is it something that I'm going to write home about? No. Am I going to do a deep psychological analysis? Of Sonic the Hedgehog? No. I just had fun. Are and you going to want to see what's inside of Dr. Eggman Robot Eggsack? I think I'm okay. Are you sure? Because he shows you. you get, <laughs> I know you didn't consent. Because I didn't consent to seeing what's inside of his Eggsack. I didn't consent either. So, oops. <laughs> but you know what? I enjoyed this movie. Okay. It was a good ride. Maybe, yeah. And I think, like you said, a lot of it's the way we saw it. How we were able to enjoy it by just kicking around and laughing through it together and just making snide comments about it. Yeah. Like, how often do you get an empty movie? Not very not very often at all. Right. And I'm going to start seeing Thursday night shows at 10 p.m. for movies that aren't big. Yep. Because damn it, nobody's going to be there. Go on the nights of, like, midnight releases for big movies when nobody's in those theaters. I love it. Oh, yeah. So, I may start doing that more often, but I enjoyed it. There's a little bit of everything. Yeah, it, it's fun for the whole family. Candlelight. It's also giggle at a lot of the jokes. Jim Carrey's jokes is just really adult-oriented on him, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. He's he's grown up a little bit. They all kind of. A yeah. lot of there were a lot of adult-oriented jokes in there, like we had mentioned. Oh yeah, well so, I yeah. mean that's like any good like children's movie has a lot of innuendos. We're old enough to pick up on them now. So you know, I think I'll give this movie a Swiss roll out of a granola bar. Solid. Because that actually sounds pretty good right now. Right? Like, solid, enjoyable. Is it going to be something that's going to, you know, entertain you time after time after time? Probably not. No. Is it a, hey, every now and then, a good chuckle, a good little, like, buddy cop heist kind of, you, know, you son of a bitch, I'm in movie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good for that. Something you want to watch with the kids, have a family movie night, too. Go Perfect. for it. Just roll out of a granola bar. Okay. Solid rating system. Yeah. So, 
I think on that note... We're going to talk about pacing issues this... <sighs> it's time. It's time to talk about what happens when you get edged so long that the satisfaction just isn't satisfying. Hey there, thing of tears. Have you been wanting to slide into my DMs? Well, now's your chance, so make sure you talk to us at athinkpod at gmail.com. Well, we're finally here. The it's culmination time. of literal weeks of us watching and digesting and discussing Carnival Row is coming to an end with our final thoughts. That's right. After eight long weeks. Not including any breaks we've taken in between then on episodes. We are finally here at the review of Amazon's Carnival Row Season 1. Nancy? (laughs) Yes? I think we need to talk about some of the good stuff about Carnival Row. Are we doing a compliment sandwich? In a way, we will. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. I have a lot I want to say about this show, so this review may run a little long, because I have pages of notes. Like, you can hear me turn that notebook. I've got, like, three pages of notes to talk about. You apparently have some feelings. (laughs) I did a lot of prep today while I was sitting on the phone. So, yes. I was able to do a lot of work to put into this. But Carnival Row itself i want to say it's the um kind of a one of its one of a kind show on television right now well one because it's an original yes one because it's a very is and very much so an original but two it's a steampunk lovecraftian inspired murder mystery fantasy show oh is that all no <laughs> Because it's also a political drama with forbidden relationships and racism included. Wow. There's, a, there's something for everybody. Fun for the whole family. And hey, if you're from states of Alabama, we've even got the brother-sister relations for you. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Pew, pew, pew. Shots fired. Oh, man. We really did get everything. We're only missing aliens. That's season two. Don't give it away. Oops. Spoilers for season two. (laughs) So, Carnival Row follows the adventures and mishaps of one Rycroft Philostrate. Played by... None other than Mr. Orlando Depp himself. Oh, I like the way we the, the perfect bow to our our Johnny Bloom conclusion. <laughs> and he is a former Burgish soldier. That's right. This place place in a city called the Burge. He is a former certain Burgish soldier, current perfect dick, running around town solving crime. See, I did like the the detective aspect of it, though. The, the perfect dicking was very nice. And that's what had me interested. We also have Vignette Stonemoss, Philo's Boothang, former librarian, Pixie Mob Bookie, 
character yeah, what who a resume. is absolutely <laughs> what a re nothing in the show except for one thing at the end. Right? Okay, so... And, like, I, I, I don't know how else to put this, but she has got quite a resume for someone that hasn't done jack shit. So she is a librarian, a pixie runner. She runs her other friends to freedom. She is a shipwreck survivor, a widow, a <laughs> indentured servant, pixie mob member, and then a jailed hero? psychopath. No, and then a jailed psychopath. Yes. And then the hero of the entire thing. Like, the fuck? <laughs> Vignette is the most developed yet underutilized character in this entire thing. More well, on my thoughts about that in a little bit. Okay. <laughs> there's reasons why I think that, and I think that they could, there's ways I think they could have fixed it. But we'll get into that, because guess what? Those two have each have their own little solo stories throughout this series. On top of their intertwined story. Because they are in love. So are you following me, Nancy? So far, that's three storylines. And just remind me, it took us eight weeks to do this, which means there are eight episodes. Yes. So we have eight episodes, approximately 45 minutes to an hour each. And you think this would be a great little murder mystery story about these two characters reconnecting after he lied to her about being dead? And you'd have a pretty... Yeah pretty good show on its own with the setting and everything for it you know steampunk steampunk inspired murder mystery with a fairy half-blood hybrid love story at the center of it that'd be an interesting yeah. show to watch on its own right right but wait there's but more. wait 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 then you get introduced to the siblings imogen and ezra stone moss oh yay and they're uppity siblings who are in high society and oh it's uh emogen and ezra spurnrose spurnrose i'm sorry not stone rose spurnrose thank you either way they are high society and broke they are literally me right now and <laughs> Things start causing trouble in the neighborhood when a fawn, or as they affectionately refer to him as a puck, named Mr. Agraeus, moves into town. Things are never quite the same. I I love Sounds that like it, it took us the entire series to learn to finally come to the conclusion that puck is in fact a derogatory term. And I remember us discussing it at the very beginning. It's like, is this a bad word? Are we using this in a bad way? <laughs> but then we're, we also had to realize that that's all they referred to. Even themselves, they referred to themselves as that. So we're like, I mean. Well, they're allowed to call them. They're allowed to use that word. <laughs> I understand, but it's very confusing when there's nothing else said into it. I know. <laughs> Did you break yourself? Maybe a little bit. Anyways, it's Mr. Mogan okay. moves in, and things are never the same, and he wants to be accepted in high society, so he cuts a deal with the Mogan to where she's his arm candy. He pays their I mean, bills. Yeah, he 
she's a good she's a good piece of arm, arm candy though. She looks dashing in red. And then things become forbidden. Dun dun dun. And that on its own could make a very interesting show. It would. Because so, you get now to you've see got a whole other subplot. Which would be very interesting on its own. Right? Right, like it's a little mini-series. But, Nancy, what if I told you I could introduce you to Jonah? Oh, yeah, because he's got a storyline, too. So Jonah is the right-on-my-daddy's-coat-tails-rich boy who likes to go to Carnival Row and hit up the whorehouse of Pixies. Pixie Whorehouse. Oh, yeah. As you do. Because what else are you going to do when you're, you know, in the political leanings and you can't really date anyone? So you got to go somewhere else to get your rocks off. I get it. So one night, Jonah, being Jonah at the whorehouse, gets kidnapped. Oops. But plot twist, he got kidnapped by... His mommy! Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun. He got kidnapped by his mommy as political ploy to get his daddy mad. And then she kills his political rival, whose daughter is thrust into us in the middle of the series. Who happens to be his sister. But he's falling in love with her. Near, 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 near. And that sounds like a very interesting political drama. It does. and Especially if you're a fan of the West Wing. I mean, come on. I mean, going into this thing, looking at the administration we have now, I mean, never mind. <laughs> let's, let's not. <laughs> not today. <laughs> We're focusing on Carnival Row right now. Either way, you've got a nice political drama. With some twists and turns along the way. Some bastard children and some, some murder mystery. Cool political stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that'd be an interesting show, right? Right? The Carvaro's got all of that. As well as the plucky right. puck cult that's introduced in, like, the last four episodes. Yeah, halfway through this. A little bit, you know? Yeah, halfway through. And okay, so now here's my thing because I know we're getting like another storyline and it was like halfway through, but I will say that probably Jonah's storyline and the the fawn cult uh, could probably be within the same, same realm, especially with the way that things developed. So they could have that as its own plot. Type its own little thing at once because they feed into each other a lot more than I would say the rest of the storylines do. Correct, but I guess much like Carnival Row itself, in a very convoluted way, I'm just trying to say it's a very hard show to follow at times. Um, I mean, it jumped around a lot. We had a lot that we had to keep up with. But at least the timeline was concurrent. 
congruent. That's the word I wanted. Congruent. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, but even I don't have to guess that this is like 10 years before 60 years in the future. And like yet it's maybe still another... easier to follow. You just you just match the faces to what's happening and it's fine. I don't have to worry about like when in the timeline this is happening. So yeah, my, one of my biggest complaints with this show is that there is a lot going on. And not a lot of time. just rushes into the end. Like everything happens at once at the end, which I understand, I guess. But it seems like it was just like, here's how it all ends. Like, all this oh, we ran out of time. Yes, it's like they forgot how many episodes they ordered. Would you say that they did the same thing that the last uh, season of Stranger Things did? Because that's about how I felt. Yeah, that was really rushed. Yeah. It was like about how- the same, except with Carnival Row, we had like an extra four plot lines to follow. And, you know, and I understand how <laughs> ambitious they're being in this first season. They're trying to set up the entire dynamic for this world. To set up one, however at many seasons may follow. So you have to have a lot of backstory driven into who these characters are. And that's what season one's supposed to do. I just think that there's ways they could have done it a lot differently and a lot better and a better, well, and a lot more pace. Um, oh, there's there's the word, guys. He finally said it. We got there. It only took him a couple. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to timestamp us. But it took us this long for him to say the word pacing. It's just, <laughs> it really felt rushed. It did. Well, no, the, the end felt rushed because the beginning is like, we had all this stuff. It was so long and drawn out and so developed. And we got backstory upon backstory upon backstory upon real story about current story and everything in between. And then, like, the last three episodes, they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> they, they did a Geralt and was like, fuck. Well, one of the big examples that jumps into my mind is the cliff, the, the and I'm going to do air quotes on this one, cliffhanger ending of episode seven, because everybody knows they're going to go ahead and just watch episode eight right away. That all could have been done at the end of episode seven. Like, they could have ended it, been over with, and started eight with more of that resolution and started eight on a different note, focusing maybe on Vignette a little bit or focusing on on Jonah, focusing. I honestly. Something else. I I thought that in terms. Okay, so if we're going to start having that type of discussion. I, I will say the way the Jonah storyline was portrayed was probably the most solid out of all of them in terms of introduction and pacing and, and the actual plot of his storyline and how everything played out and like the surprises with it. Like that was a really well-developed and well-executed plot line. Jonah's was done very well. Um, I think Jonah's was probably the best. Followed by Imogen and Mr. Agreus. 
And that was my surprise. Two. My surprise of this episode of this series was that was that storyline becoming when I got invested in. I got more invested in those two subplots than our main plots. Well, maybe if a certain fairy would do something and didn't take until the last episode, maybe we would have been a little bit more invested. I also feel that. <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily love Orlando Bloom as Philo. I'm not really? saying he's bad as Philo. I just, I don't feel that, if you look at his resume as an actor, he's never been a lead. With any real success, he has never been a lead. See, I'm going to counteract you on this, or I'm going to disagree. That's the word I'm going to use. I'm going to disagree with you. Give me a movie. Because, Give me an example. No, I'm not disagreeing about the whole lead part because you're right. He has not been a strong lead in anything that I've seen him in. He makes fantastic side characters. However, he doesn't. He, I don't feel he's invested he played, in the characters. The portrayal he played he Philo. <laughs> he played Philo to the best of what was written. Because I don't feel like there was much else he could have done with what was there. Maybe, maybe not. I just don't feel he's in it for the character. I don't feel he's in the character. I get more of that out of even the actress who plays Vignette. I get a great feeling out of her when she plays Vignette. She's invested at least in the lines, maybe even too much at times. <laughs> I just don't feel him connected into... Yes. I just, I don't feel him connected into the character of Philo. I... There's certain I mean, times I do more toward the end of the series, but at the beginning and even toward the end, I don't really the the episodes that he shines the best as Philo in are the last two episodes. I just don't feel him the most committed to the role, or at least not until that point when things opened up. So I can't pass too harsh of a judgment, but I because I can't think of another actor to cast in that role. I'm just not in love with his performance. I feel his performance would have been better had his character been more developed in the beginning. Because, and like, I understand it why it do. was written the way it was written because he's kind of a mystery. He's an enigma. And we get a lot of development. The more we learn about Philo as a character, the better Orlando Bloom plays him. Does that make sense? Yes, and I guess that's probably why he shines better in 7 and 8. I think Philo's right. story is the worst, worst one of the bunch when it comes to pacing. It gives you a good bunch of solid information, mm -hmm. but I think it takes too long to do it. It does. And, I mean, it goes back to your favorite thing, which is pacing. And I feel... That with the way that he had portrayed everything and like he was kind of like he kept to himself, he was secret and everything like it was I'm, you could interpret it. I'm not going to say that it is, but you could interpret it as meta of him being like very secretive and closed off to even like us as the audience. But that's that's a big stretch that I'm making with that one. Right. That is the biggest benefit of the doubt that I can give that man. But like you said. I can't think of another person to play Philo. I actually preferred Orlando Bloom 
Johnny Depp as Philo versus Cara Del Delvey Delvin Young. I think that's how you say her last name. <laughs> um, as vignette. I feel like there's probably, I would have actually really liked to see Mila Kunis's vignette. Yeah, I feel no. like she would have had a little bit more spunk. Um, like I could probably come up with a list. I, if I had more, <laughs> more thoughts, this is where our discussion was going to go. I probably would have at least three other people, but she was replaceable to me more so than anybody else. Eh. Especially since she didn't do anything. But and that's not her fault. Much as you fault my opinion on Orlando as Philo on his writing, I can fault the same for Vignette's character. That's but, like, due to poor writing because she didn't do anything, but she can only do with what she's given. In the scenes where Vignette was a center, she did very well with what she was given. Eh. She did better than she did as the Enchantress and Suicide Squad. Oof. <laughs> But see, for me, her performances fell flat, you know, even like with like their emotional, you know, reveals, because like even with Orlando Bloom, emotional reveals with him figuring out who his mother was and learning and like coming to terms with his half fey nature and everything like that. Like I felt more from his performance than I did when she was upset about the library and like having a manic breakdown or screaming at Philo in the jail, like nothing that she did acting wise moved me the way the rest of the characters did in the entire scene. Okay. Well, she was just very stagnant. Either stagnant about... or over the top and not in a good way. Let's. So since we're talking about replaceable, what is there really some of the plot lines? What do you think could have been taken out of this series and everything still happened exactly the same? I would probably say we and it, it's going to suck because we were just talking about it. The whole Jonah plot line mm -hmm. sucked up so much time. It could have been used in another season it, and that's it could have been and it sucked because we were saying that this was the best developed storyline that there and it was is. and it, it that's, is that's the shame it's the best developed storyline plot wise but that we didn't need it <laughs> uh, that the putt cult and the chancellor's death all of that the last episode could have been the reveal that the chancellor and spoiler alert if you haven't been listening along to us that the Chancellor's Philo's father could have been the big reveal of episode eight and started season two down that path. Mm -hmm. But no, we had to wrap that all up in two episodes. Right. We got like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, to these past two episodes of like, you're just going to fucking take all of this. Like the and season we did. Two like the end of season two could have basically been the finale of season one. That could have been the season two finale, and everything that happened in that episode could have been the entire season. I know. And we would have gotten more, I guess, more of the why, which or is the entire. Could have at least ended this season with him finding out that the Dark Asher was controlled by one, but not that it was controlled by piety. Right. So then he knew he was looking for the master and he could have found the dark ash or stopped it itself and been put on the trail of the master. 
Right. Well, quote unquote, stop because you can't stop the Dark Asher until the Master is dead. Right. But you would have been able to be put onto control onto the track of the Master because you'd have been able to sever the ties to so have been able to be have time to look for the next track. Right. And you would have prevented the next killing, so you could have started putting, starting keeping tabs on who it could have, he thought it could have been, or alerted someone. Right. It would have given them an extra, an extra day. At least in TV time is a long time. Be an entire season. Right, and <laughs> I'll say, and I'll say with that too. So if we're taking. So, like, let's take Jonah's storyline out. The best developed. What okay. one did you want to see more invested in then? Because we have more time now. Honestly, if I was going to pick of what was left, I'd want more time invested in a Mogan and Atreus. Really? Well, you only got what? the one public oh. outing. Wouldn't you have liked to have seen another one after the rumor had gotten around things going on between them and seeing that outing in public? And how Mogan like turns into the skid and is completely unapologetically just enjoying her time with Mr. Agreus? Yes. I would have, but that, that alone to me doesn't replace... The entire no, but it would have given us a little bit more time, and then we could have gotten maybe more development on vignette. We could have gotten actually more development on vignette would have been amazing, right? Because she had like she's a character that was written with such promise to be devoted to a literal side character. She gets top billing in posters, but her storyline was really pushed sideways in the latter half of the story of the season, right. And it disappoints me because I do enjoy that character. Yeah. Like the character, like she's seen some stuff. She's been through some things. And I think that's the thing that's so frustrating is that she's gone through almost a literal hell and back for there to be no real restitution for it. She is basically just along for the ride. She's not taking control of anything when she was very much a, like, I'm going to take care of this. This is my duty or this is my life and this is how I want to do things. Like, she's the one that proposed to Philo, technically. Like, she's a go-getter. And you don't see that outside of the backstory. Yeah, and what you see is someone who's weak and needs help throughout most of the season. And that is not the character they set her up to be as of the third episode of the series. I really still think episode three should have been episode one. I think that would have helped maybe a little bit more with how the characters were developed. Because then you would have gotten to know how they were. And then episode two, kind of, you know, episode one ending with maybe like a however long time skip showing Philo and the Burge. And then it goes to episode two with everything that happened in episode one. Right. Give us more you of a shift through that line. Order a little bit because then you're not wondering, you know, when you're introduced to our werewolf friend, Darius, in yes. jail, you don't wonder for an episode and a half, hey, who is this guy? You're like, oh, hey, oh, that's where he is now. Okay. That, hey, that makes sense. 
Well, honestly, though, I'm not mad at how they did like his specific like. Even though no, I'm not mad about it. Apparently, so minor. (laughs) It would have made it a lot. It would have made a lot more sense storytelling wise to have that backstory first, and it would have helped the pacing the rest of the way through because you wouldn't have taken a big chunk of investment time into that to build investment into your characters on the third episode. True. Or do like some other shows that we're currently watching and doing and intersperse that third episode in between scenes and then have another full episode of time to pace out these other stories more. Yeah. As if the timeline isn't already convoluted enough. <laughs> well, but at least it'd be more obvious because they'd be able to be talking about a time with someone and it would have flashed back to it, you know, as a scene's thing oh, yeah. to change over maybe from vignette, a vignette scene to a Philo scene, you do a flashback of them together, scene of the Burge, and then it, or in, I'm sorry, in Tiranach, the homeland. And then it goes back to Philo. But I still think just putting episode three as episode one and shifting the episode order down would just help the storytelling a little bit. Yeah. But I also see why they did it the way that they did, because it's one thing to like give the backstory first, you know, because that's also that sets the tone for everything, right? Is is the pilot episode. It's like, okay, what is the show gonna be about? So then if it starts with them at the very beginning, it's like, oh, I'm I'm wandering along. It to me, had they done the backstory first, it probably would have given me more of a Game of Thrones vibe that would have fallen even flatter on its face, right? Possibly. Versus because that's the type of vibe that that beginning part or that that backstory gives is, but okay, so it... we've got the soldiers that are in in the snow because winter is coming or winter is here. And then, you know, there's a war happening and all of that stuff. And it's like, oh, okay, so that's what this is about. And then we jump forward to like like a shipwreck and you're like, wait, what the fuck? And then, then we end up in the row. So it would be a big shift from the initial setup of like, okay, this is this, this is this, this is the love story, all of that stuff. So yes, I don't know. it would have changed the entire tone of the show. But... And I think it would have made it even less successful in delivery had it been done that way. And that's just how I feel on it. Had Yes, I understand. But with the way the first season ends, it would have been a way to show the in-between of how they're setting the show up. Because this, this whole season feels like just the, uh, uh, hey, when this, you know, the next season comes out, you don't have to watch season one is how it feels. Yeah, you can kind of pick up and they're like, oh, they're just slumming it because they're segregated now. Because basically what happens. Because yeah, now they're going to have to set up a whole nother way. And you know what they're do is have to reintroduce all of these characters into their positions that they're currently in. So what's the point of having a first season at this point? Of the way it was when the whole dynamic of the show is already changing. Because you can't have a murder mystery when Philo's no longer a police officer in the Burge. He is now in the row, probably going to be a freedom fighter back in a war-torn thing like episode 3. Or... I very Maybe. much envision the show going back to what you're saying that had it flipped episodes one and three into that it would have changed the way the dynamic was. I very much feel that that's what this show is going to become. See, 
it's gonna it's gonna have some more lame Miz vibes for sure now. That after them saying like, oh no, you can't leave, you can't leave. It's going to be a combination of Lay Miz while also trying to maybe keep some type of society going in the row where they're going to have like their own like ruling system and like unspoken laws and things of that nature. And I'm sure Philo being a detective isn't going to end except now he's probably going to be looking into the cult and investigating the cult because they're going to hope. I mean, I hope they play a bigger role in season two. So otherwise what the fuck was the point? <laughs> well, and here's the thing. I, I honestly think season two is going to be more of Philo, the freedom fighter. Because he finally knows what side he's fighting for. Because he knows what side he's fighting for. It's going to be Philo the Freedom Fighter. I don't think him being a detective is going to have anything into it other than helping discover the cult to try to put an end to it. But with Philo also being the Chancellor's son, he has a rightful claim as the firstborn to the seat. He does. And on top of it, too, he is supposed to be destined for greatness, as foretold in the prophecy. Then Jonah doesn't know who he is. Piety's dead. E.D. dead. But the thing is, nobody knows who Jonah is. Or nobody knows, except for, I think, Sophie knows. Yes. But she doesn't know it's Philo. Yeah, she doesn't know it's Philo specifically, but she knows that Philo exists. Or does it essentially try to play it off that she just sends a scandalous letter based on a rumor? I don't know. Because he seems he to be... Said, because, no, because he said that, that when he read the letter at the end, said that that wasn't her. When he yeah. reads Ashley's, Ashlyn's letter that Jonah hands him at the end that was written to piety, his now honest man our friendly pup, kobold puppeteer says, you know, that that's not her. Right. So, that could only possibly mean it was a lie to begin with. Something to rock the boat. So that's why I say maybe there's not. Who knows? Season two should be interesting, but we're talking about season. We're not doing a prediction show until we know when season two's coming. We will get there. So let's talk about the Dark Asher for a minute. Our <laughs> our big mystery bad. Kind of. Yeah. Big mystery that you totally saw coming, but Definitely I called not. it a Cthulhu monster. You said Cthulhu, not Cthulhu monster. I'll still get you on that technicality. Roll the tapes. <laughs> I said Cthulhu monster. Or a Cthulhu thing, a Cthulhu type monster. I never said it was Cthulhu himself. Technically, one is too busy to deal with mere, mere TV shows. Yeah, he's busy ruling us all in one way or another. Either Praise way, it's not even one. it is a tentacled, horse-faced, bear-clawed, weird-armed thing made of monstrosity. 
Yeah, he is one heck of a, an amalgamation of all types of things. But as a villain, what did you think of it? As like its portrayal of never really seeing it until the end. You never really get a good look at it until the end. It was like Snoke. Red herring. Right. <laughs> I'm not bringing... Thing. We're not, not talking about Star Wars right now. We can't until I after know. we've seen episode nine. Shh, don't out us like that on the internet, man. Oh, I just did. Fuck that. I don't care. Fuck your Star Wars. <laughs> we saw Sanic before we saw Star Wars. Could we, that's right. Things that are more important because I don't <laughs> care about Disney Star Wars. There's only six movies. No, we don't care about Disney Star Wars movies. We loved The Mandalorian and that is still Disney. So be careful, because Baby Yoda will come for you. And so I said there's only joking. six movies. There's only six movies. That's fair. But um, I think the concept of the Dark Asher is awesome. I think it was very underutilized. Because it took us to, like, what, episode five or six to really grasp what the Dark Ashers are, cap- are capable of. And there's so much, and there's so much more that could have come from it. And I, we didn't really get that. I have a question about the Dark Asher. Okay. So we know from when Philo went to the witch, the same witch that Piety has been consulting for decades. <laughs> That she required his seed to make the creature. Right. So that would be the same requirement piety, correct? Maybe. Um, I would probably say because females don't technically like have seed. Right. Maybe it's like the same type of idea. And we're going to tie back in The Witcher. It's not like we're not watching that, too. But, like, where where it becomes the whole ute <laughs> that, that's required. Right. But Which is my thought. Because you can't really, like, contrary, unless it's, it's going to sound kind of morbid. Like, unless it's, you know, period blood, that's the only relative equivalence. Because that's where, like, the disintegrated egg is in when it's not fertilized. Right. You see, but... Like, I was wondering this while I've been sitting here, was taking notes and everything. I was like, how did she, because if it's a requirement for the witch to do it, how did she make one? Well, I know that they kind of toyed with Piety just, like, being extra curious and finding ways into things that she really didn't know or like should have really been able to do that was the whole like witch's little speech like she was a very curious girl and all that stuff so i mean maybe she found a workaround or i maybe season or, two can answer it even though she did right we just gotta know it's i don't know i, I like or unless it's just like a general seed maybe Maybe it's like they like they took her blood to bond, but then it was just like a general that was needed, which she could get from her hubby, who's also dead. Yeah. So I guess at this point, let's 
let's start trying to bring things into a close here. We've kind of hit on all of the plot lines. We've talked at length about our problems with the pacing. Yeah. Um, we've talked about our big red herring villain. We've even, <laughs> and I guess at this point, kind of start trying to draw us to a close before we give some of our final thoughts on this series. What do you think about Piety being that main overall villain? It was awesome until she died. But Vignette was only useful then. I know. <laughs> so I like how the truly best plot, I mean, we talk about Jonah's subplot being the most thoughtful and written out subplot there is. But the main murder mystery plot in this at least did have me hooked for more developments each episode as well. The twist for piety being the big bad was great. And I liked that the connection of everyone was Philo. Yeah. And I that, that it was his mother that he didn't know, his priest that raised him, the doctor that he later found out clipped his wings off. And that he thought it was his father who is the chancellor. Right. But no, it's his, I guess, stepmother? It would be stepmother. And I, I'll even take that a step further because I like that they showed her being capable of bad, but then it was enough of a misdirection to basically make you feel like that was all she was capable of. Yeah, it shows you that she's the one behind the kidnapping of yeah. She kidnaps him with the witch there with her. The witch was, was there for it. Right. And they even mentioned that they kind of call back to that when they do the ceremony after they make him kill his poor pup. Oh. His bear. His house bear. Right. <sighs> Rip. Rip bear. But you know, so yeah, and they show that in there, and it's a great, but it's also a nice misdirection because you still don't know what's doing everything with the Dark Asher and who's controlling it. Yeah, because the way that they had set up that uh, that whole storyline was, it's like, oh, this is a political move, and that was it. Yeah, that it's whole. It's not storyline. until later where we find out where it's like, oh no, she just needs all the power. And, and this so, is how she's doing it. I was sitting there thinking, and when we, when we were talking about episode eight last week, we, you had mentioned that our, you know, humble puppeteer was the one that kind of tied everything together, right? Yeah. He was with Philo. I actually want to counter that for a minute. Okay. Philo ties everything together. Well... Dude, <laughs> he's the main character. But 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 no, I mean every single storyline in this is tied together to Philo. Including yeah. Imogen and Mr. Grayus. Oh. When do they flee to the boat? When Ezra when finds out. Yeah. Okay. Ezra finds out shortly after when the commotion of Philo being arrested. 
That's more happenstance, though. So why are so while they're on the boat, why are they asked to return to port? Because of the civil war that's happening, because of the chancellor that couldn't. Anyway, my point gets down to Philo actually does kind of tie every, everyone together, including them, because he brings them into their past with the Dark Asher as well, because of who their father was. I mean, yes, I won't argue you on that, but it's also because Philo is the main character. Yes, but we were actually, when we were talking about it, we were saying he was the only one who appeared in the thing, but actually Philo appears within them as well. Yes, even if it's just for a moment. Yes, so, but those are the only two, because, well, they, oh. technically not, because... Well, Vignette never appears with Mr. Agraeus. She does not. So. Anyway. And she also doesn't appear with the Chancellor. But no, so Piety. Anyway, back, back to Piety. Her as the overarching villain, it's great up until the end. I don't like the way they just kind of have Vignette sever in the back. The one wish- thing that Vignette does is ruin the well-established villain that could have probably done even more. Like, wouldn't that have been great to have her just like an overarching bad for like the next, like I said, episode eight should have just been like episode eight of season two and given us everything from seven and eight in that season. We could have gotten more vignette pixie mob. Anyway. (laughs) Right. More time to explore the reasoning behind Piety's and even found out more of Piety's motivations because I was invested to find out a little bit more about her. Right, like, I want to know why she was craving these, like, this power. I want to know like, what her motivations were. Like, what was she gaining from all of this? And we don't get that now, because she's I like dead. how every character, except for our main two, are well-written. Well, Philo Where was... you're invested in them. More. Philo's story was well-written, but his character. Right, right, right. I mean the actual characters. Oh, like, yes. Piety's character was written well enough that I wanted to know more. Chancellor was written well enough that I wanted to know more. And their portrayal is writing. I want an entire back. I want like a whole spin-off series of Mr. Agreus's young days. I want to know why he's too old for this shit now. Right. <laughs> I want to see him go from being a scrappy young indentured servant to rising up to uh, fucking the blonde-haired bitch down the way. Right. Coming a P-I-M-P. As you do. As you do. So I guess with that, let's talk about some of our final thoughts. Nancy, you want to go first? Yes, because I know you have feelings. So I'll say overall for me, it was still enjoyable. There was enough to keep me wanting to watch. There were, there were weeks I watched ahead. There was some times where I was like, eh, oh, wait, I have to watch it. And it almost kind of felt like a chore. But then there was always something there that kind of like, oh, wait, hold on. So it kept my attention. There was a lot of things that I probably would have done differently. And we talked about a lot of them today. But yes. overall, I'll... I'll be interested to see how season two works out. And like, I still, I still enjoyed it. Not the main storyline, but the, the subplots we gathered along the way. 
Okay. I... I'll be honest. Yes, most weeks it did get me feeling like it was a chore to watch. Um, I watched ahead at the end to get through 7 and 8 because I was actually invested in how it turned out. Will I watch season 2? Yes. Do I have issues? I think I've said a lot about those. You have. Um, things that I haven't mentioned, you know, I haven't even really touched much on Philo and his choice of being Fey over Half-Blood and or over Human and how big of an impact that makes on his character moving forward. Um, we haven't really talked on those survivor kind of guilt moments you see with Vignette after the ship, after the ship crash, essentially, after the shipwreck. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't... There's, there's some things that we haven't, we haven't really touched on Philo's relationship with the police and how racist the police officers are. This show does, a very, does do a very good job of showing you uh, political awareness in the setting based on on what it's got the differences between humans and and fey and as they refer to the fey the critch right all things that are going to be definitely explored in season two you've got a political drama with intrigue of who's the true heir to the chancellor and the wife who's out there making sure her son who actually may not even be the chancellor's son who may be his political rival who she murders son but so that that doesn't get out she murders the chancellor to find out where his his illegitimate son from a fairy folk is who she murdered with a dark creature right i mean you have this in here you have that intriguing story that also revolves around son and then come to find out her daughter with that with the political rival sophie longerbane and then their relationship that develops and him basically forcing it out of his mother and him becoming his own man in the final two episodes. Realizing yeah. that not everybody's going to be pushed around by his money because a lot of some people just don't give a shit because they have nothing to lose. Another intriguing part to that storyline and that whole thing on its own would make for a fascinating series. I know. Like, I would love to see an entire development of the political world that is in the row because they've done a really good job of establishing like the ideas of, you know, we have a two party system and. (laughs) Well, that's now a one party system. Apparently that is now a one party system. So, and then there's also going to be like a lot of changes that are coming that as well too. So I want to see all of this play out and I want to know the why. And it's like, is it because, you know, they're bumping uglies or, you know, what what type of levels of professional to non-professional relationship are going to play into how the political atmosphere of the road changes. Like, there's so much to that that they could explore that I want all of it of. Exactly. It would be great. Oh, it would be amazing. But, and then you finally have the last story. A further look into that racism kind of look that this show is trying to go for and into that political awareness that it goes for as well into, you know, Mr. Agreus and Emojin and, you know, the the young sheltered girl meets someone of the other folk that she's always been told bad and horrible and awful and makes her own opinion and spurns high society for it. 
And again, another fascinating thing that is better for a subplot, but that would be a good political subplot for that political-based show. Right. So there's a lot, like I've said, and like we've said throughout, there's a lot that's going on here. And I think if there, when or if, probably just when, because I know they're shooting it, when season two happens, I hope it's a little bit longer episode-wise, not maybe in time, but in season length. So we can get a little bit more out of this, you know? There's some shows on Amazon that get 10, 10 episodes a season. Maybe that's what this show needed, was maybe just an extra two episodes to kind of pad it out a little bit. Yeah. That being said, I'll watch season two. I don't know if we'll talk about season two. I guess we'll have to make that decision and burn that bridge when we cross it. Exactly. Well, not when we get there. So... With that being said, I actually have a rating for the Carnival Row. <gasps> we finally get to hear it. Yep. I give it a dark asher out of a bag of pixie dust. Okay. I will it's, not disagree with that rating. It's solid. But man, it is rushed and it pulls a lot of shit out of its ass when it needs to. <laughs> if you if honestly i will say give it a watch if you haven't been watching along with us give it a watch listen to the old episodes the last eight weeks worth of them um we, we've we've covered them pretty well we've talked about them for at least 10 minutes an episode or so and you can hear some of our thoughts and changing emotions throughout it but give it a watch then give this a listen as well and see what you think we'd love to hear from you Because we had fun with our watch along, so we want to know what you think. We didn't dedicate eight weeks of our lives to this for nothing, so let us know. And with that being said, you ready to dedicate ten more weeks to Amazon? Let's do it! What so, are we watching now? We have decided our next show is one that just came out. It's got my favorite actor in the world in it, Al Pacino. Yes. So we're going to watch Amazon's The Hunters. As much as we were not wanting to cover another Amazon series. I guess we're stuck. At Damn you, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> we may do this one. Maybe we'll do it a little quicker depending on how much we enjoy doing it. We'll see what happens with this one. We're going to kind of not opposed to changing things up if we need to. We're doing it live. But with that being said, I guess we'll go talk about The Witcher so we can try to get through that one to not pick another uh, Amazon show when that finishes up. We'll try our best. No promises, apparently. Or maybe we'll just become a thing, the prime cast. Ugh. And here we are. Talking, talking about, about The, the Witcher. Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, episode five. You're Ginny in a bottle. You definitely rubbed it the wrong way. I mean, they broke the fucking thing. Of course they rubbed it the wrong way, but hey, now we know Jennifer the story. It's about fucking time. It, like, took a decade, I guess, from uh, so Geralt this is, and Jeskier. So this is, like, 40 years now since oh. since she since the, the tower and 10 years post-burying dead baby. Yeah. And now she wants to have the baby. Yep, she wants to have a baby, but she can't because, like, that's the whole point of being an enchantress. Because she and, like, has no baby parts. Because we use the baby parts to be born again. She lost her baby maker. 
to lose the hump. She had to lose her baby maker so she could get hump. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. No. She was thirsty in this episode. No, she, um, you could tell because, like, it's not sex orgy or something, like. Or sit behind him naked in the tub back to Now she was thirsty. But, like, her flirt game was strong. She She actually knows how to flirt. Like, I give her that, because, like... I mean, yeah, she knocked him unconscious, essentially, and made him do her bidding under her spell. Under under her spell, where he wakes up in jail. My kind of lady. And he blows up a dude's head. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, we're we're jumping around a bit. Let's actually talk... So, Geralt can't sleep. No, that's the whole premise. So, he, he can't sleep, so he's... Like, for shallow gin. fishing for a gin in a lake. They find the bottle. Him and Jaskier fight over it. And... They make a wish. Jaskier can't talk. He's got, like, a goiter, basically. <laughs> Which I think is... Charles' first wish. It was. He wanted some fucking peace. <laughs> he wanted some silence. I don't blame the man if you can't sleep. Like, he's agitated. His hair's all asunder. He's, like, randomly scraping in a lake to try to find what he can, like... Yes, Gear starts spitting up blood, because he died. Because... Magic. Because Jeannie Miad broke the bottle. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. Why would you break the bottle? Like, you don't do that. That's rude. So they go find help at camp. Camp sent them to town, because camp doctor can't help it. Magic. He doesn't magic, but there's a place that, that... There's a place that has magic. The mayor's town, because of course, of course, the mayor has magic. Keeping a keeping a mage in his house. Mm -hmm. Flashback to a scene we saw previous, where said mayor arrested Yennefer for curing people, like erectile dysfunction. (laughs) And apparently, kumquat is the safe word of twenty twenty. (laughs) So, be safe. Use kumquat. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Why did you put that type of cadence on it? Because <laughs> I could, you ragamuffin. That's malarkey. Malarkey detected. Activate <laughs> Biden eyes. No, not the Biden eyes. Don't look Biden eyes. Give it a good sniff. No! <laughs> so anyway. You know what? No, can't. It's too political. No, we're not a political thing. No political. Just like we're not a sports thing. But apparently we are for the first, like, 20 minutes of our show today. Shh! Nobody asked. At least we talked about Batman. We did talk about Batman. But we're talking about The Witcher. Yeah, but we talked about hockey and Batman. We're supposed to talk about The Witcher. And we're supposed to talk about The Witcher, so we're talking about The Witcher. And so, like, anyway, they go to the mayor's house, right? They do. And they meet the mage. After Geralt well, no, hits no. the dude in the face. With the bag of coins, mm-hmm. I liked that. Yeah, and then like, the naked mare. Yeah, and so, then the orgy. Crazy progression. Progression. So it's like I'm gonna. He bitch better had my money. Smacked a motherfucker with a bag of coins, and then saw a naked mare. Who then passed out because he couldn't pass the apple juice. And then he walks up to Jennifer and is like, <laughs> "I brought you juice. apple juice." That's your fucking juice. Help my friend. He's dying over here in your orgy of people. Oh, my spells don't work on you. I'm a fucking witcher. 
It's like, okay, game on. So they're obviously intrigued with each other. So I'm going to help your friend. Because <laughs> I want your penis. <laughs> she gets it. Best wingman ever. <laughs> Dying bard. Dying bard. Best wingman. We can't try that in our campaign. And in this episode, you get a lot more than ever wanted. Or did what? Question mark? It's a good way to put it. It's more than you thought you get. Like, you get a sense worth of unity from one character. You really did. It's like every time you blink, it's your turn. Yep. And then here's your, not ute, but pretty close. Yeah, very close. Very close to the ute. Like, it's interesting. But we did get... Tasteful news. Tasteful news. Very tasteful. We like did... it didn't fit the show. It's just, yeah. there was a lot of it compared to others. A lot of it. Oh, yeah, they turned into the skin. And, but, I mean, how, how else is Geralt going to get out? Because how else is he going to fuck? Look at me. Fucker's going to sleep. He's fucking tired. He needs a nap. And like he looks so, but he looks so disheveled and just like he, this. This was a good Henry Cavill episode. Right? He was looking good here. <laughs> I'm allowed to appreciate the art that that man has put forth. Well, I guess yeah, you can appreciate it all you want, especially while he gets his kick like every other episode. Hey, sometimes you just need to dress. Because he gets thrown in jeans. He does for doing evil bidding. Because well, Yennefer put him under her spiel. And now he's... Don't worry, more on that later. <laughs> but he's in jail. And then the guard that he beat in the face beats the f*** out of him. Because he's always wanted to... And, like, apparently there's a lot of jokes. Yeah. There's <laughs> mutants and, like, weird people and people don't see him. Of course there are. And Geralt's great and he's taking a lot all assault and then he goes any last words witcher and he goes i wish you like i wish you'd just and then, and then <sighs> boom and then his mark with another i forgot to mention one marked earlier after he forgot his well the reason it got marked is because while it broke it sliced him and that's why he got the witcher. spoiler but is it because he only got to make two but Yijin's supposed to give three no he got three what was the first wish? He got his peace. Right. So because that's the he first stopped. mark. The second mark was the second wish. Right. And, and the second wish was the guy exploding. So we find out that Geralt has the wishes. So why is that important? Because Yennefer has the genie to make herself be able to have babies. And she thinks that Jaskier has it, so she has him in bed. Yep. I wish I was making that up, but she literally has him in bed because he wakes up to naked Yennefer chanting at the end of the bed. And he's like, I'm okay, I'm okay. And this is like a like a bard who's just like Whoa, definitely slept with all women and kind of bard. Like, but like he, he did not consider It's okay. But I mean it's Jennifer. Yeah. She doesn't quite do it for me. I'm mm. gonna say it. She's not It fits for the character. I get it. She cutie. I mean, she's cute, but doesn't do what I need her to do. She to be a Yennefer. Revan. Can't get the motor running. No, not my type of lady. But I'm very specific when it comes to those types of things. But we're not going to get into that today. You sure? We really could start the dating episode. We're not starting the dating episode. 
It's the dating game. We can start it back in was the world's first dating show that ever appeared on on television and then hopped over to the UK. But unironically, fucking love dating shows. Yes, and that one's going to make an appearance. Only first and greatest let's talk. (laughs) The world's best let's talk has the world's best let's talk dating show. Yes. Miss Nancy picks an anime to get it all the way. I wouldn't use those words. But you know, we're not even talking about that. Rock. I want to take it. We're off track. A little bit. See, this happens every time we talk about Witcher for some reason. Anything. Anytime we talk about anything, apparently. Yes. <laughs> Have you listened? This so far long story episode? short. Yaskir doesn't have the genie power, so she's trying to contain a a genie that's still bound to the master. The girl comes in and goes, yo, bitch, I it's master. So what do you think he wished for? What do you think is was his th- I don't know. Actually. Okay. Thinking about it, it would be, you know, did he save her? Did he figure out what she wanted and gave her the ability? I feel like he would, because you don't just, like, paint a uterus on your uterus if you didn't want a uterus. Right, I think he kind of figured that out. Right. Because right. he's, he's not dumb. Yeah. And maybe that's how it works through the law of surprise these days. Who knows? Well, speaking of law of surprise... Well, yeah, we should probably talk about her. Let's talk about this. Because our <laughs> dead. Oh, yeah, so, so fucked. Because... Like, he got killed by himself, but he didn't get killed by himself, because he, 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 he wanted Malsat to... Malsat killed himself, but he didn't commit suicide. He Jeffrey, uh, he Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> but he wasn't murdered by somebody else. He quite literally was murdered by himself. He was murdered by himself. But he was murdered by a doppelganger. Yes, one of those shape-shifting... But the doppelganger had his skin and his face and his memories. He was murdered by himself, but not suicide. He was suicided. <laughs> what did Malsic know about the clip? I mean... Wait, let's not... Let's not say we did. We're gonna stop you right there. I stopped myself. Okay, good. But, yes. Oh, poor Malsac, man. Rip Malsac. Best character in the show, Malsac. Yeah, I'm so... You just like saying mouse sack, don't you? <laughs> I do. So can't wait for Geralt to meet for Geralt Geralt girl <laughs> to meet this mouse sack. They smell like mouse sack. Your sacks don't smell like mouse sack. Your sacks don't smell. <laughs> God damn it. Mouse sack sacks that don't smell like mouse sack sacks. Say that three times fast. You know what? I'm not going to because I know. So. <laughs> yeah, so about Sekton. And then he goes to the forest. Yep. And Siri sees Malsak. So Siri leaves with Malsak. And has her little elfie buddy follow her. Very reluctantly, I might add. He's like, I've got a bad feeling about this. You know what happens every time somebody says they have a bad feeling about something? I've learned this in my D&D experience over the course of our campaign. Something bad usually happens. Yeah, something bad is going to happen. 
like, and I'm not gonna lie, I really feel like that was. So like, come nope, with you're me. You're coming with me, elf. I own you now. Come, elf. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> That's right. My grandmother slaughtered your people, so you come with me now. Damn. Like, think about it. He tells her who her grandmother was. And refuses to believe it. And then she's like, nope, you're coming with me. Yep. At the end of the day, he still, he was like, and like, he protected her. He went back for her. Like, and he, he knows. He's like, okay. This is the way, my queen. <laughs> Overall, decent episode. You know what? I like this one a lot. Yet for a year old hookup. He saves her life from the genie. And he gets to take a fucking nap. Jaskier keeps talking about what's he gonna do? He's gonna write a ballad to remember and then the guy the other dude who's in love with Yen broken says they're alive, goes and goes, Oh, they're alive, they're really alive, they're really So, good episode. Love good fun. show so far. I really am enjoying the show. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying the way it's taking things. I'm excited to see what's next. Me so, too. I guess we'll find out next week. Yeah, and with that... I guess we're done. I guess we had a week. Thank you, Thingateers. We'll see you yeah. next time. Yeah.